This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by Everything Trying to Kill You. Everything Trying to Kill You is a podcast featuring a literature professor slash writer and a behavioral therapist slash stage director who analyze and make fun of horror movies. From classics to brand new, noir to slasher, indie to blockbuster, Mary Kay McBrayer and Mary Byer ask the important questions. Do these women characters act like actual women? Is all of this horror a product of white nonsense? And is this movie scary? Listen to Everything Trying to Kill You on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 56, and we're recording on Tuesday, July 16th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincey. How are you? I'm good. I'm very hot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Does your air conditioning not work? No, it works. But like, we try to keep it at a certain temperature in my house. And like, I'm on the second floor right now. And I'm like in the room with all of the computers and things. So it gets like warmer in this room. So I like specifically turn the air conditioning up a little bit just for this recording. So that way I'm not like overheating. Because usually, like when it gets really hot like this, like for those of you who aren't aware, it's super hot in Chicago right now. Like, we're going to hit 100 this week. Um, when it gets really hot like this, I just avoid the second floor entirely. But I have to, you know, sit in front of my computer sometimes. So for that situation, I specifically turn the air conditioning up. But otherwise, it's really hot in here. I also have a giant thing, like water bottle of full of ice, so I can keep myself cool. <laughs> See, I am sitting in one of the rooms that actually does get air conditioning in the apartment. Like, every year we, we we have to call someone out to look at the air conditioning because we're like, it's not working. It says it's 80 degrees in the apartment. And they're, and they're like, well, it says, well, we can't find anything wrong with it. I'm like, but clearly there's something wrong. It should not be 80 degrees in this apartment. But the, the two bedrooms are usually pretty well air conditioned. So I currently have my slippers on. To give you to give you an idea, granted, I run cold, and I'm one of those weird people that's got like re- that usually has really cold hands hands and feet. Um, I'm I'm fun. Um, so I'm I've got my t-shirt, I've got my shorts, I've got my fuzzy slippers on. Wow, <laughs> I'm so glad that this is a podcast and not a YouTube video. <laughs> No, but the thing about YouTube videos is that you only have to look normal from like the waist up. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Now that makes me wonder about all of your YouTube videos now. <laughs> There's like a 50-50 chance I'm wearing pajama pants in any of my videos, just to be honest. <laughs> See, I'm thinking like, now now you've got to like mix it up and like try to mess with the viewers' heads like, okay, you know, in the winter one, one of them, you're going to be wearing snow pants. And then like... <laughs> Like we just we just don't know what's going on in your videos now. That would that would definitely be. <laughs> I don't even know how I would do that, but I'll see if I can uh, make that work somehow. Yeah, it would well, it would be it would be amusing for you. Yeah, basically, it would basically just be for my own amusement. 
Okay, so before we jump into this episode, um, we have our first sponsor, which is Book Riot Insiders. If you have not tried out Book Riot Insiders yet, your time is now. This is Book Riot's resource specially designed for fellow book nerds, and you can try it free for two weeks. There are different levels available, so you can decide which perks you want, from a monthly behind-the-scenes newsletter to exclusive podcasts and giveaways. And speaking of perks, uh, we've got the new release index curated by resident Reader Liberty Hardy, so you can see the most exciting new books coming in the next few months. Check it out and sign up for your 14-day free trial at insiders.bookriot.com. As always, we always put a testament in that the new release index is fantastic and well worth the subscription price just for that perk alone. Um, so again, this episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by Book Riot Insiders, and we thank Book Riot for existing and for having insiders and for being fabulous. All right. So um, if you are new to this show, uh, welcome. If you are a longtime listener, welcome back. We talk about mystery, suspense, thrillers, true crime, anything and everything related in in that in that general umbrella. Um, so yeah, we talk about movie adaptations, we talk about themed reading lists, subgenres, things that are happening in the news world uh, that are related to mysteries and suspense. We talk about so many fun things. Um, and this is the part of the show where we always remind everyone that you too can participate in this awesome in Red or Dead's creation process. We are always looking for new ideas, for questions, for subgenres that you listeners are interested in learning more about or getting reading recommendations for. Anything that applies to mysteries and suspense is free game. So if you have an idea that you think would, that you would like to hear us talk about on the show, um, please do get in touch with us. We'll have our contact information at the end of the show so that you can do that. Um, but we've, you know, we've, had a ton of episodes that have been sparked by ideas that you guys have mentioned to us and passed along to us. So we really appreciate all of those ideas. And we are always looking for more. So if you have if you have anything on your mind that you think would would be a good topic for the show, please do let us know. And with that, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and jump into our uh, into our news section. All right, so I'll kick things off with the first couple of stories to, that we wanted to talk about. Um, the first one is a really interesting piece that uh, I think just came out like today or yesterday, really recently. Um, and it's an interview with James Patterson in New York Magazine. And basically, this is a thing I completely forgot about. Uh, but James Patterson wrote a true crime book on Jeffrey Epstein. And so this is being brought up again and he's being interviewed about this because Jeffrey Epstein has just been arrested again on uh, new sex trafficking charges in New York. And he was arrested for, I think, sex trafficking charges previously as well. I think it, he was paying for sex with an underage girl or something like that. And so James Patterson was apparently neighbors with Jeffrey Epstein when he first got arrested. And he was just like sort of shocked by everything that not just everything that was happening, but the lack of attention given to it. Um, so this is just like a Q and A with him. 
And he talks just a little bit about writing that book and finding out about the story. And just also like James Patterson was very critical of the way that orig- that case originally was handled and how uh, Jeffrey Epstein was let off really easily. Like I think he had to serve 13 months in jail and it was something like he could leave the jail for like six out of the seven days or something like that. <laughs> so it was like barely jail. Um, It was more like a probably uncomfortable hotel, if anything. Um, So yeah, I just thought it was really interesting and kind of wanted to post that for other people to peruse. um, And just sort of a reminder that James Patterson wrote a true crime book on Jeffrey Epstein. I think it came out like almost a decade ago, if not more than at this point. So just wanted to point that out. And then the other piece of news that I just wanted to mention really quickly is that Baby Teeth has been picked up for a film adaptation. Uh, Baby Teeth came out, I think, at the towards the end of last year, sometime last year. Um, And this is a psychological horror book. Um, The way it's been described or being described in this article is The Bad Seed meets Gone Girl meets The Omen. Um, So you are following this family. there is this little girl, she's about seven years old, her name's Hannah, um, who like loves her father so, so much. Uh, but their mother, Suzette, believes that the girl is evil, <laughs> basically. Um, and like no one will believe her. Uh, and so it's just sort of like follows their family as like the mother tries to figure out what's going on with the daughter. But obviously, no one believes that this daughter is as bad as she's saying it is. So yeah, there's not a whole lot of information out there yet, because this has just been picked up by Village Roadshow and Valparaiso Pictures. Um, And so it probably will be a little while before the adaptation comes out. But again, we always just like to keep you guys in the know when we can about uh, book adaptations that are coming out. Yeah, that's a book that I read maybe about 50 pages of and then had to put it down because, I don't know, the the idea, and this isn't like evil child, like demon possession, it's more like sociopathic evil child, like manipu- like seven-year-old who knows how to manipulate people and knows how to torment her mother kind of thing. And for whatever reason, that was just hitting all of my terrify buttons, but not in a fun way like I usually like. It was it was just a little a little too much. And I was like, okay, I, I, I can't read this right now. So I do still want to read it because everyone says it's really, really good and really creepy, which I love. But yeah, the, this movie's probably going to be terrifying. Yeah, I can't imagine like if I was a mother, having to read that book or trying to read that book at all. Not that I would suddenly think that my child was evil, probably. But still, like, I feel like those are those are the types of books that like, super freak me out. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, I feel like it would almost be easier to read as a mother if my children were old enough. And I was kind of like, okay, I kind of have a like a feel on how they're behaving. Mm. Because I don't have kids. Mm. It's terrifying. So I'm looking I'm looking at this book going, um, what if we end up having children and it's and the child is a tiny little sociopath? Like, I like, terrifying, absolutely terrifying. So I maybe I'll have to wait on that one. <laughs> you know, if I have children, then wait till they're about eight or nine and then read it. <laughs> okay, so um a couple of other news items uh that we have. Uh speaking of Gone Girl, um there is an actual trial going on where the defendant in a missing uh, missing person's case, um, his name is Fotis Dulos. 
Um, he's a defendant. His estranged wife has gone missing, and he is trying to argue that this is a real-life Gone Girl situation. And apparently the news got back to Gillian Flynn that he was trying to say, um, you know, this, in case you're one of the few people who hasn't read Gone Girl, I won't, I won't do spoilers, but basically he's saying that there's something weird going on here. Uh, she was not amused. Uh, she was, she said, um, no, this is, this is a horrifying situation and, you know, I, I feel very, I feel very deeply for, for the woman's family because they don't know where she is and I hope we can find justice soon and all that stuff, but, but yeah, so she was, he was trying to say it's like Gone Girl. She's like, um, no. <laughs> Um, and then a really interesting news item came up within the last few days. Um, previously on, um, on earlier episodes, we talked about the Staunch Prize, which was a new award uh, that was created to honor books that don't contain violence against women, because that is a very, very common element of crime novels. Well, there has been a, a, I don't, I don't even know what, what a good word is, but there's been some controversy going on here because the organizers of the Staunch Prize, uh, recently made the statement that crime novels that do contain violence against women, whether it's sexual assault and rape, murder, anything along those lines, they are making the statement that these fictional stereotypes of the serial killers, rapists, that type of thing that are actually that can influence um, real-life trials and mean that women are not getting the justice that they deserve because people are used to seeing these stereotypes in crime fiction and thinking, well, if this real-life situation doesn't fit that mold, then this might must not be what's going on, basically, which is a pretty... I mean, there's a, there's definitely an element of truth to that. Like, you know, we, we think the pe, the, the people that commit these crimes are strangers, when in actuality, most of the time, it's someone that the, that the per, that the woman knows. But they're basically using this statement to make a, to make a blanket condemnation of crime writers who do feature, um, whose books do feature violence against women. And so now there's, there, Everyone's up in arms, basically. Um, Val McDermott, Sophie Hanna, um, are, you know, they talk about the reason why they write about their, their crime novels involve violence against women because to make sure that the, that these things don't go unnoticed. So, and then there are other authors that are saying that this is like a gag order, that this is censorship. And so it's, it really has kind of exploded into, into this, this huge discussion. And, you know, I've, on the one hand, I've, I'm glad that the Staunch Prize was created because there are a lot of crime writers that talk or that feature women who have been murdered, who have been sexually assaulted. And there's really no reason for it. It feels gratuitous or it feels like it's only there to advance the plot, advance the character development of the usually male main character, you know, everything kind of along those lines. So I'm glad that there, that there's a prize that highlights, you know, that, hey, there, you know, the, there may be other, other titles that you can look for if that's, you know, that's not your cup of tea, so to speak. But to, to make such a blanket statement about crime fiction in general, I think is way, going way, 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 way beyond the boundaries of what's realistic. So I'm not thrilled with, with this, with this overall statement, but I'm, 
Rinsey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I it's funny because when the staunch prize was originally announced, I had really high hopes for it, or, or at least I was excited that this thing existed because it's true that there are a lot of situations where it just feels like the violence against women is really gratuitous and unnecessary. And so it's nice to be able to highlight this and also like – not everyone who reads mysteries always wants to see that. And so it's, and I feel like a lot of times when there are mystery prizes, it's, or like just even discussions about mysteries in general, there's a leaning towards like the darker stuff. Um, and there are a lot of really great mysteries that aren't quite as dark or don't have the gratuitous gratuitous violence or even just violent, super violent in general. Some people enjoy reading mysteries and they don't want extreme violence in them, which I think is a fine preference to have. Um, And so it's nice to have a prize like this that might uh, highlight some of those books that wouldn't get noticed otherwise. But and I was kind of confused at first when I saw the headline originally kind of wondering what um, the disagreement would be towards this prize. But the points that they're bringing up are quite true. Like, violence against women is a thing that happens in this world. And I think that it's good to highlight the books that properly talk about them um, and properly um, talk about the experiences of women. I think that specifically female writers do this the best. Um, and they talk about not just – they don't just have a violent act be committed. They talk about the impact that that has either on the character themselves or on their like wider community and things like that or why these things are happening. The fact that so many people are – you know, hurt on a regular basis is like horrific. And it's good to be talking about those things. So I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like both sides are right. And there's a good middle ground where both of these things need to exist in the world. And so having one shouldn't negate having the other. Um And it's unfortunate that like, I didn't see the full statement from the staunch prize until I saw this piece um about their feeling that there shouldn't be any <laughs> uh, violence against women in books, um, or at least in mystery books, because that feels completely inauthentic as well. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm always I'm kind of a middle ground person in general. But this one definitely feels like both of these things need to exist in the world. It shouldn't just be one or the other. Yeah, no, that's exactly what um what I was thinking. Like it doesn't have to be just one or the other. Like there there is clearly a discussion that needs to be had and both sides of this discussion need to need to exist. But like the the at the end of the article it says the staunch prize celebrates thrillers that are an alternative to novels which feature violence to- towards women. If you have a problem with that, ask yourself why. And I'm like, yes, but you know, the, you're, there are lots of statements that are that are being made that are very, you know, that that are you know covering basically the entirety of crime fiction as a genre, and it just it seems it's a very it's a very black and white position to take. I feel like we're we're looking at a, a very black and white argument right here. On I mean, on both sides, I think, but we yeah, they're. There we have to we have to find some kind of middle ground. Um, so I guess you know, read read what you want to read. Think about what you're reading. Can you know? I think that's the other thing too. You know, read what you want to read, but think about it and just and kind of like, okay, what what am I reading? What is this saying? You know, and just kind of think critically about it, and then you can make the choices about what you want to read in the future. And there we go. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good way to end that one. <laughs> 
All right. So before we jump into uh, the main discussion for this episode, I have our second sponsor, and that is Libro FM. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, local booksellers. Libro FM is also currently running a summer listening challenge, so each person to finish will get a free audiobook credit and the chance to win free audiobooks for a year if you complete the challenge extra credit. Listeners of Red or Dead can get a three-month audiobooks membership for the price of one month. So if you want to head to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter the code BR3, that's capital B, capital R3. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. So for this episode, since we're kind of at the, we're a little past the midpoint of the year, we're more than halfway through 2019, which what the heck, when did that happen? Seriously. First off. <laughs> um, but this, we figured that, um, you know, lots of people are talking about their favorite books that have been published in the year so far, all that stuff. Well, we figured this would be a good opportunity to read a book that's been published this year that we haven't had an opportunity to read yet. Um, so I'll, you know what, I'll tell you what, I'll go first because mine's going to be really short because there's not a whole lot I can say without giving away too much about this book. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, so I read The Silent Patient by Alex Michaelides or Michaelides which had been on my radar for a while. I got, um, I've had an arc of this book sitting at home since the beginning of forever. And it's a psychological suspense novel. The, the book starts off with a murder. There's, um, Alicia Berenson, who is a 30 something woman living in London. She's an extremely talented painter. She has a, uh, she has a gorgeous husband. He's an in-demand fashion photographer. Her life seems perfect. And then one evening when her husband returns home from a fashion shoot, she shoots him five times in the face and then never speaks again. This is literally at the beginning of the book, what happens. And so um, after her trial, she is committed to a psychiatric hospital because she she literally does not, ha- like, has not talked for, like, six years, I think it is. And then the the story is told from the perspective of Theo Faber, who is a forensic psychotherapist. And he takes a job at the hospital where Alicia, where Alicia is. And he is kind of obsessed with working with her to figure out what happened, why she hasn't spoken. So psychological suspense means that there are twists and turns. So I like I said, I can't give too much away about the plot beyond that. I will say this is a super fast read. This this is one of those episodes where I realized, oh, about Sunday night, I went, oh, shoot, I haven't picked a book yet. <laughs> so I so I'm like, well, I was going to read The Silent Patient. So I sat down Monday evening, and I started reading it. And I got more than halfway through and I was like, I'm going to be able to finish this tomorrow. And I did. It is a super fast read. 
it goes back and forth between um because there you get diary entries from alicia before the crime was committed before she murdered her husband um mixed in with um theo's narration uh, explain like he's it's kind of like he's looking back on this retrospectively and kind of telling the story of what happened so you get that back and forth so you you have two you have different storylines going on and you're like okay there's you know the storylines do not uh do not add up uh, perfectly as is the case in in most psychological suspense novels with this one at first i was hesitant because just in general, um, I tend to be a little bit more hesitant when the main theme of the story is centers around psychological issues, whether that's some kind of disorder or where, where it focuses heavily on a character's psychology, because it's very easy for that to go very, very badly. Um, but this one, the, the, there's a lot of detail about, um, about the hospital and kind of the routine and, the the care that she that she's under and it's clear that there's that it's it's not so much about what i mean obviously there there's discussion of you know what might be going on in her head to have caused her to do this to so that she ended up in this place but it's 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 very focused kind of like on the process and ra- rather than kind of just making you know making claims or assumptions about a character's mental health. Um, but it's overall, it seemed to be done. It seemed to be done pretty well. So I didn't like, I, I wasn't reading this and feeling like icky about it. And there are twists and turns. And I will say this one actually had a twist that I did not see coming. I mean, I knew there was a twist coming. I knew there was a twist coming. I did not expect it to be the twist that it was. Um, and this is me, like, you know, I read books like this and I go through as I'm reading going like, they did it. They did it. This happened. Here's my theory. This, like, you know, I just, I just come up with just so many different theories that I just figure, I just figure like, you know, law of averages. I'm one of them is going to be right. Um, I was not right with the theories that I came up with. So I was kind of like, oh. Okay, then. Um, and I definitely want to reread this book because I read it so fast. And now that I've gone all the way through it, I want to read it again and pick up on the stuff that I missed the first time. And then from there, I might be able to articulate specifically, you know, what, what really worked with this book, what didn't, that kind of thing. Um, but overall, I really liked it. Um, so if you are looking for a book that seriously that you can bust through easily on a weekend easily i definitely recommend the silent patient by alex mcleeds all right speaking of books that you can easily get through in a weekend uh i read (laughs) spin by lamar giles which also is a very fast-paced read uh this one is young adult mystery but i really enjoyed it um lamar giles has written a number of young adult mystery books the other one that i've read from him is called uh, fake id which i read couple of years ago, I think at this point, um, I might have talked about it on the podcast. I don't remember it now. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that one as well. And so spin just came out uh, at the beginning of this year. So I've had it sort of on my radar to pick up. So this felt like the perfect opportunity. Um, so you are following, there's this girl named Paris. She's 16 years old. She's basically like this up and coming rapper producer. Um, and she is found dead on her turntables. 
And so the story follows um, two girls who are in her life. One of them is her basically like best friend growing up named Kaya. And the other one is this girl named Fuse who's like relatively new to uh, Paris's life. Uh, she's basically been helping her like grow her brand, so to speak, like help her with social media and marketing and things like that as she's getting more and more popular. Um, she's had a couple of, Paris had a couple of songs sort of blow up on the internet and stuff like that. And so she was like on her way to being something big before she got killed. And so the two girls, Kaya and Fuse, did not get along at all uh, while Paris was alive. And so they're kind of like the two main suspects of this murder. Um, and they are now working to try to figure out what exactly happened. And so the story was really great. Uh, you f- go back and forth between Kaya and Fuse's point of view, and you get a couple of chapters from Paris's point of view while she was still alive, which I thought was really interesting because you're seeing sort of like different parts of Paris's life and who Paris was. Um through her friend's eyes as well as through her own eyes. And it's really interesting seeing sort of like the things that are revealed. It has a lot of like hip hop and rap culture and influence in there. Um, I feel like this would be sort of a good compliment to anyone who may have read On the Come Up by Angie Thomas earlier this, that came out earlier this year. It has like a similar vibe to it because it's about that sort of like rap hip hop culture thing. Um, so I feel like if you enjoyed that, you might enjoy this one as well. Because it's a young adult mystery, I feel like young adult mysteries for me at least are slightly easier to uh, see what the big reveal is or what the twists and turns are. So kind of similar to you in the sense of like, I was guessing people along the way. And so for the most part, I wasn't like overly shocked by the end of it. But there actually were a couple of reveals towards the end that I didn't see coming. Um, So that always makes it really fun. But yeah, I think that this is just like a really good young adult mystery. It's a standalone. So you know, that's always nice as well. Um, I really, really liked Kaya and Fuse. And I think that those two characters were just like, so much fun to follow. They follow like two different types of people because Kaya is probably less well off um, as well. Paris was as well. And so like Kaya was sort of like her friend who doesn't have a lot of money. And then Fuse is a pretty popular girl in their high school and has a lot of wealth and things like that. And sort of seeing their lives from these two different points of view. um, There's Lots of really fun references to different pop culture things that I personally really enjoyed a lot. Um, and yeah, I just, I just found it to be a really fun story. It, the chapters are really short. Um, like I said, it goes back and forth between their perspectives. So like the short chapters kind of keep you going throughout it. And it doesn't do the thing where there are like really annoying cliffhangers at the end of the chapters, which I always appreciate, but it still was like compelling enough to want to keep going through it. Um, so yeah, if you need something that's like fun and fast paced and just like a really quick mystery to like get you through a weekend or like even right now for the summer and things like that, if you want something a little bit lighter and more fun, I definitely recommend picking up Spin by Lamar Giles. I honestly think Lamar Giles is a really fun young adult mystery writer and I definitely recommend any of his books at this point. Um, But yeah, Spin was really great. Yeah, I think I remember one of us talking about that as a new release and thinking, I'm like, Oh, God, this sounds really interesting. So I'm glad you I'm glad you read it and you liked it. So that's definitely going on my TBR. Yeah, and Lamar Giles does like really fun sort of 
themes or ideas like in all of his books. So like this one um, is like focuses on like rap and hip hop and things like that. I know he's written one that has to do with like gambling or something like that, because I know it has to do with like people who are playing poker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I think fake ID was like someone who's like a con artist or something like that. So yeah, I highly recommend Lamar Giles. So moving on to the next sort of section. Um, I have our new releases that are coming out. And so I happen to pick new releases that are all coming out next Tuesday. So July 23rd. So this is sort of a pre warning of some good books that are coming out this coming Tuesday from when you guys are listening to it. Um, so first up, I have Beijing Payback by Daniel Ni. In this book, you are following Victor Lee, who has been devastated by his father's murder and shocked by a confessional letter he finds among his father's things. And in the letter, his father admits that he was never just a restaurateur, that he was actually part of a vast international crime syndicate that formed during China's leanest communist years. Um, So Victor travels to Beijing, where he navigates his father's secret criminal life, confronting decades-old grudges, violent spats, and a shocking new enterprise that the organization wants to undertake, standing up against what's likely uh, what got his father killed. Um, but Victor is is determined to remain undeterred. Um, so he enlists a, his growing network of allies and friends to finish what his father started, no matter the cost. Um, so this is a new fast-paced revenge thriller about a basketball player who discovers shocking truths about his family um, in the wake of his father's murder. Um, and again, that one is called Beijing Payback by Daniel Ni. And then also coming out on the 23rd is a new Laura Lippman novel. This one is called Lady in the Lake. Um, this one is set in 1966, where Baltimore is a city of secrets that everyone seems to know. Everyone, that is, except for Madeline Maddie Schwartz. Last year, she was a happy, even pampered housewife. This year, she's bolted from her marriage of almost 20 years, determined to make good on her youthful ambitions to live a passionate and meaningful life. Maddie wants to matter to leave her mark on a swiftly changing world. So drawing on her own secrets, she helps Baltimore police find a murdered girl. Assistance that leads to a job in the city's afternoon newspaper, The Star. Working at the newspaper offers Maddie the opportunity to make her name, and she's found just the story to do so, a missing woman whose body was discovered in the fountain of the city park. Um, And so Cleo... Sherwood was a young black woman who uh, liked to have a good time. No one seems to know or care why she was killed except for Maddie and the dead woman herself. Maddie's going to find the truth about Cleo's life and death and Cleo's ghost privy to Maddie's poking and prying wants to be left alone. Um, So again, this is a new mystery from Laura Lippman and that one is called Lady in the Lake. And then also coming out um, is theme music by T. Marie Vandely or Vandelli. This one is a really dark psychological thriller um, on the new releases index. It actually had like the Liberty recommendation and also like a trigger warnings for extreme violence. So that this one is very violent. Um, so for the lucky among us, life is what you make of it. But for Dixie Wheeler, the theme music for her story was chosen by another long ago on the day her father butchered her mother and brothers and then slashed a knife across his own throat. Only one year old Dixie was spared becoming infamously known as baby blue for the song left playing in the aftermath of the slaughter. 
25 years later, Dixie is still desperate for a connection to the family she can't remember. So when her childhood home goes up for sale, Dixie sets aside all reason and moves in. But as the ghosts of her family seemingly begin to take up residence in the house that was once theirs, Dixie starts to question her own sanity and wonders if the evil force menacing her is that of her father or a demon of her own making. Um, so again, this is a new psychological thriller. Um, if you like things super dark and disturbing like Katie does, then you might be interested in picking up Theme Music by T. Marie Vandaly. And then finally, I have a bit of a true crime book. This one is called My Friend Anna, The True Story of a Fake Heiress by Rachel Deloach Williams. Um, so some of you guys may have heard of Anna Delvey. She, there was like a Vanity Fair, I think, article about her or one of those like big features. She's basically this young con artist who was posing as a German heiress in New York City. Um, and so Rachel Deloach Williams was a Vanity Fair photo editor and friends with Anna. Anna was known for being like super generous. She would like pick up tabs at these lavish dinners and pay for like spa days and do all of these things with her friends and the people who knew her. And so when Anna proposed an all expenses paid trip to Marrakesh, Rachel jumped at the chance, but when Anna's credit cards mysteriously stopped working, the dream vacation quickly took a dark turn. Anna asked Rachel to begin fronting costs first for flights and then meals and shopping and finally for their $7,500 per night private villa. Uh, before Rachel knew it, more than $62,000 had been charged to her credit cards, and Anna swore she would reimburse Rachel when they returned to New York. Uh, back in Manhattan, repayment never materialized, and a shocking pattern of deception emerged. Rachel learned that Anna had left a trail of deceit and unpaid bills wherever she'd been. So mortified, Rachel contacted the district attorney and in a stunning turn of events found herself helping to bring down one of the city's most notorious con artists. So yeah, this is a book based on this incredible con that this woman pulled off. I remember when like the story first broke about um, this girl. There were like a bunch of people in New York City who all had these stories of like, oh, I remember seeing her at this like very fancy party. And I always thought something was kind of weird about her, something along those lines. So yeah, if you followed the story at all when it came out originally, then you'll probably be interested in picking up My Friend Anna by Rachel Deloach Williams. Okay, was this, was Anna, was she the one who hired a stylist for her, for her trials? I think so. I actually might be mixing that up, but that actually sounds right. Because as soon as I looked at this, and as I, because I'm, I'm like, okay, I, I'm about 90% sure this is the same person. So that being the case, I had no idea that there was a book coming out about this, and I really want to read it. Yeah, I forgot. Like, I think I heard at some point that someone was writing a book about her, but I didn't realize it was coming out already. So yeah, this was one where I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to talk about this. For sure. Um, okay, well, I will give you a break from talking. <laughs> um, in terms of what I have been reading, I've finished a couple books that weren't The Silent Patient, so woohoo! Um, and these were books that I said I was going to be starting in the last episode, so woohoo! I, I am I am checking off all the boxes here. Um, the first one, I, I just finished the new book by Riley Sager, Lock Every Door. Um, Riley Sager wrote Final Girls and The Last Time I Lied. Final Girls is just banana pants awesome. 
flippin' love that book. Um, Last Time I Lied was really, really good. Final Girls was still my favorite. Um, Lock Every Door was really, was really good. Um, If you have read or seen um, Rosemary's Baby, um, this is very, this is a very Rosemary's Baby type story. Uh, It takes place in a very fancy um, apartment in a very exclusive New York apartment building called the Bartholomew. Jules is the main character. She's 25. She was laid off from her job. And on that same day, she found out that her boyfriend was cheating on her. So she's just like, really kind of hitting the bottom here. Um, But she's hired on as an apartment sitter, where basically they are paying her $12,000 over the course of three months to stay in this unoccupied apartment at the Bartholomew because they, because it's so exclusive and like the rich and famous live here and it's, you know, it's, it's super fancy. Um, so they want someone to kind of keep the, uh, the apartment occupied until they can find someone to buy it. So she's, you know, really down to her last dollars and she's desperate. So she says yes. Well, if you're listening to this and thinking, hmm, that sounds too good to be true. Ding, ding, ding. You are indeed correct. Um, so she, as she gets to know some of the people, um, who are living at the Bartholomew, she gets to know a couple of the other apartment sitters who are staying in, um, in other areas. She very quickly realizes that there is something weird going on. Um, this is, this is dark, creepy. I really like how Riley Sager is like picking these common horror tropes like you've got the the concept of the final girls in the last time i lied that's the you know the summer camp the the isolated summer camp in the in the woods kind of friday the 13th trope uh with this you've got the the weird apartment building uh where there's you know there might be a history of witchcraft and dark things happening there and people have been murdered and people have disappeared and they don't know what's going on like it was really good as i've mentioned before i you know, I will, I'm like, ah, this person did it, this person did it, this person did it. So I was right on, on some of these elements, um, for the, for this particular story. But in terms of just an overall, just an enjoyable, fast turn, fast, um, page turning story, I really liked it. Um, so again, that was Lock Every Door by Riley Sager. Um, and then I read, uh, The Perfect Nanny by Leila Slimani, um, which was translated from the French, I believe. And it's the story of a uh, family in Paris. And the, the parents are very busy and they are looking for someone to help out with their children. And then they find Louise, a very quite polite, devoted woman, um, who's kind of like a modern day Mary Poppins. They cannot believe their luck when they find her. And so, and you know, they start bragging about her to their friends and she just kind of gains this reputation. But the, the family and the nanny kind of become more dependent on each other and then cracks start to, start to emerge. This one, this one was, was interesting. It was, again, a very fast read. This was one I read in, I think, a single sitting. It's a short book. It's a fast, it's a fast read. Without giving anything away, I will say if you like, there, there are a lot of loose ends at the, at the end of this book. Um, which, for the most part, I don't, I don't mind that. There were some things that I wish had been explored more, um, in the book. Like, there are certain, you know, I felt like in some ways it, the ending was almost too open, but it was a really kind of, it was a fast book, but it was also kind of like a slow burn suspense. 
And it's really, um, it's very much a detailed character study where you don't have just like, you know, the clear bad guy, the clear good guy, whatever. This, this is a very detailed character study. So this, this one will give you a, give you kind of a lot to think about and a lot to chew on. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, so again, that was the perfect nanny by Layla Slimani. Okay. Um, I haven't finished anything mystery or thriller related, uh, besides spin. Uh, but I did want to mention that I picked up from the library American Spy by Lauren Wilkinson. Um, I picked that one up as like a backup just in case I didn't like spin as something to potentially uh, talk about because that one came out earlier this year and I've been meaning to read it for a very long time. Um, the only reason why I didn't make that, like, honestly, I wanted to read this American Spy more than spin been a little bit uh but katie elder talked about american spy um in an earlier episode so i was like oh, i'll give a new book a chance to get highlighted um and i'm glad i did because i really enjoyed spin but yes i do plan on reading an american spy very soon um if you aren't aware this is a espionage novel that takes place in the 1980s um it's written by a black woman and it also features a black woman as the main character so yes i'm very excited to read it because i know katie loved it and i know a bunch of other people who have loved it so yes very much hoping that i'll read american spy before the next episode yeah no yeah that one that one was really good um yeah very coming of age type of this was the espionage novel where i said i didn't think i liked espionage novels and then i read this i'm like ah i like this kind of espionage novel um oh and i forgot to mention that i am going to be starting the need by helen phillips which is another kind of psychological horror novel centered around parenthood and children so we'll see how this one goes but this one has been getting a lot of buzz and a lot of really good reviews from readers that i whose taste i trust so um and this is also a short book. So I'm hoping I'll be able to get through that pretty quickly. All right. So that is our show. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. Uh, for show notes, you can head to bookriot.com slash listen and head to the Red or Dead page. There'll be links to uh, the stories we talked about at the top of the show, as well as all of the books that we mentioned in this episode. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that way other people can find us. If you are interested in sending us any sort of feedback, whether it be questions or comments or future episode ideas, you can send us an email that is red or dead at bookriot.com. We love receiving those. Um, it definitely helps us plan for future episodes. So definitely feel free to send anything and everything our way. Um, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Rincey A. And I am on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.